say thank you for another day. Thank you for life, help me strength. Thank you, Lord God, for waking us up this morning, closing our right mind. We got to give you about them. We thank you this morning because we know that it is your desire that we, your beloved, hallelujah, will prosper and be in health, even as our soul prosper. But we present these bodies to you this morning, Lord God, without spot or without wrinkle. We thank you for sanctifying us with our words because that word is the truth. We thank you, praise you for sending your word, Lord God, that to, to, to rescue us, Lord, from destruction, to heal us, Lord God, Jesus Christ being the incarnated word of God, our healer, the overrocker, who makes every bit of experience sweet as we look to him this morning, God, the finish in the color of our faith, we pray this morning, Lord God, that we will hear from heaven this morning with a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, Lord God, a word, Lord God, of warning, a word of advice, Lord God, a word to remind us, Lord God, of the precious promises of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that if we seek his way of doing things, which is so in to us in these areas of health and life and everything that pertains to God is that we may enjoy them, Lord. So we thank you this morning and we praise you this morning that you said, I know my thoughts towards you. They're not evil, but they're good thoughts to bring you to a expected end, thoughts of peace, that you may have a hope in a future. So, Father, we embrace your word this morning, Lord God. We're praying for the ability, the discipline, Lord God. We're praying for the wisdom and the knowledge to know how to maintain these these vessels, these, 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 these vessels that you have given us, these bodies that don't belong to us, they are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And you said there are things that are to be received by these bodies as nourishment, and there are things, Lord God, that we're not to receive, Lord God, that, that, uh, that bring uh, sickness and disease, infection, infirmities, Lord God, even death in some cases to these bodies that don't belong to us. They are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and no one means things just well there again. Help us this morning to walk in discipline and the counsel and the instruction and warning of your word that is good for us like a medicine. It's good to our bones, good to our flesh, Lord God. It's medicine in our bones like marrow. Thy words were found and we did eat them, and they are now become as they did with Jeremiah. Joy resources to our heart and our soul this morning. So we give you all the praise, glory, and honor that if you heal us, we're healed. And if you save us, we're saved. God, you are our praise. Just want to thank you for such volume of wisdom concerning, oh Lord God, living healthy, Lord God. Hallelujah. Healthy living as the living healthy, Lord God, and we pray and inspire to be healthy individuals as we serve you, Lord God. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor right now, Lord, for the step-by-step instruction, Lord God, that you have provided with us to the counsel of your word. So we give you all the praise, Lord, and I have your way. Pray that something be said this morning that can help us, propel us, Lord God, to want to strive to be better than what we've been and better than what we are, Lord God, looking to the future, Lord God, with hope this morning. That God, your word is so true and so faithful, Lord God. And we pray now in the name of Jesus that as we take in your word, Lord God, it will be unto us, Lord God. And you say medicine to our flesh and marrow to our bones. And we thank you for ordering our steps in your word. We thank you for allowing our minds and our thoughts to come in agreement with your word today. For it's in Jesus' name, Lord God, that we will obey your word, Lord, as we heard, as we hear your word. Faith will come to believe that we can be healthy, Lord God, and we can live healthy, Lord God. And we thank you for that. Now, help us not to take our health for granted in the name of Jesus, because everything we put in our bodies, Lord, none of it defiles us, as you have said in your word, Lord God, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, Mark 7. But we just thank you, praise you, Lord God. You did not, you said it would not defile a man. But you did not say it would not make us sick. And so, Father, we give you praise, Lord, because we know God medical community has taught us the web MDs out there, taught us the doctor community, have taught us science, have taught us that sickness begins in the gut and so does healing. So we give you praise for this wisdom and knowledge now. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Lester Hayes and Pastor Sharon Hayes this morning, your host in the School of Healing. So y'all stand by this morning. Let's get going here. All right. Praise God. Muted. All right. Then, well, amen. Again, this is Pastor Lester Sharon Hayes and this morning we're hosting School of Healing. So we just thank the Lord this morning. Amen. We're still talking about healthy living that leads to to living healthy, amen, just a, just a better upgrade and quality of life because we're being instructed by the word of God. And it don't get it any healthier than that because we know as the beloved of the Lord, this is his desire for us, 
that our soul prosper as our way prosper. He wants us to be in good health, amen, to be able to carry this banner, to carry this torch of the, that blazes the trail, the word of God that's a lamp unto our, our feet and a light unto our path, amen. He sent his word, amen, uh, hallelujah, to heal us and to rescue us from destruction so we don't take God's word. Uh, for granted, amen, not even his warnings, not even his, his advice, his direction, his guidance, amen. We thank God for the Holy Spirit here with us to remind us of what does say the Lord and to teach us of things that are to come, amen. And I would say this morning, better days are ahead for those who listen to the word of God, but even more so for those who do the word of God, amen. Put it into practical application, amen. And so this morning, amen. Uh, we want to look at a, a, a scripture text here, you know, just for a, a base this morning, the same one that we kind of looked at, listen, at last week. And it says, uh, whether therefore ye eat or drink, uh, whatever you do, I love this, whatever you pick up and put in your mouth, whatever you pick up at the market when you go shopping, whatever you put in the pot on the stove with a skillet, he said, do it all to the glory of God. Amen. And this is concerning you know, what we put in our bodies in these temples, amen, it's either going to hurt them or it's going to do them good when it comes down to our health, amen, our, our, our healthy living that leads to living healthy. And that's in the book of First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 of the King James Bible, amen. And I would say to us, I was just thinking about this uh, yesterday and the day before and all throughout the week as I was preparing for what what could I say to our, our, our students this morning who is interested in healthy living that leads to living healthy, more so that is more uh, important to them that we obey the word of God. It don't get any healthier than that for us spiritually. And so if it doesn't get any healthier than that for us spiritually, amen, then I can just imagine how healthy it's going to be naturally, amen, that we seek First, the spiritual way of doing things, the instructions from the word, then God said, I will add the same level of physical health to you, you know, and I, and, and I choose to look at that principle there in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the King James Bible, you know, when we do things God's way, what he's instructed us, what he's told us, even what he's warned us not to do, but we do it his way, then that makes us very spiritually solid and sound and healthy. And then God comes along and adds these natural things to us. And the natural things God adds to us is, number one, the ability to do his word, not just hear it, not be just a gift for hearer, but to do it. Because if you don't know what to do, it's kind of hard to do. You're going to be guessing. You're going to be assuming. You're going to be thinking, okay, well, this maybe this, this looks right and all that. But it's, it's, it's awesome when he teaches you a thing. Now you can go do that thing because he gives you the ability. Amen. Even the divine restraint sometimes to resist the temptation sometimes. I'm telling you, man, the scripture says that, you know, uh, there is no temptation in the man. Okay, that is not common to all men, all of human beings. Everybody out there is going to be tempted. But everybody out there is also going to be tested that know God. So it's for the, the, the whole, uh, you know, audience out there, you know, is going to be tempted. But see, there are those who know God that are being tempted in that population that he will make a way for you to escape out of the temptation. He won't put any more on you that he knows you able to bear. Everybody in the world is not able to bear. But for those of us who have come out of the world and given our life to the Lord, we picked up a helper. You know, we picked up some, uh, a spirit of truth to walk alongside of us. We call him the paracleto, which is the Holy Ghost. And so the Holy Ghost is there to help us to resist certain temptations, to resist certain appetites, to resist certain things that we know prior to that is not good for me. But sometimes out of habit, out of, you know, the way we were raised, out of, you know, just some weaknesses sometimes that we think we are, you know, we, we are stronger than. And the next thing we know, man, we find myself, I find myself, Man, I know I shouldn't have ate that third donut, man, but it had that chocolate on it. And we go through those things because we're human. And none of those things, though, is so bad before God that he sends you to hell because you ate that third donut or you gained 25 more pounds or you 
got a diagnosis on the doctor to say you got six months to live because you got tumors from whatever in your body. None of those things are going to send you to hell. Just like I love what Jesus said to the disciples that, you know, that it's not what the what goes in a man that defiles a man. Notice he said defiles a man. Okay, that word that defiles me makes me dirty. And that was in the context of him teaching his people not to condemn people for what they eat. Okay, that's what the, that's what the lesson was. And so many times we take those scriptures out of context. We try to make those scriptures that were given in response to a certain situation fit everything. And sometimes it don't. You can't take it out of context and try to fit it over there when it only fits over here. He was addressing that question. Just like when he was asked the question about divorce, he was saying, you know, hey, it's okay to grant a divorce when the, when the conditions are met for that. But that's what Moses lost to him. He said, I didn't come here and talk about divorce. That came up with Moses. And I just simply gave Moses, you know, a question of how to deal with that, how to answer that, you know. And so sometimes we just take things, man, and we try to make everything fit everything. But that's not always the case. We have to be able to contextualize what is being said at that time. Amen. Not will be an error. And it won't be a bad intention. It's just sometimes we do that out of out of good intentions. Amen. Till we find out later, man, I'm sick as a dog. You know, and we right away will say, must have been something I ate. Because I believe all sickness begins in the gut, therefore all healing has to be done in the gut because you have to reverse the damage that has been done. And if it's food that I put in that caused me to be sick, it's probably food I need to change that will cause me to be healthy. And so this is how we're going to approach it this morning. Amen. So new creatures in Christ Jesus. Now I want you to think about this as new creatures in Christ Jesus. Some of the old habits and old practices that got us in trouble, got our ancestors in trouble, have to be also made new. They have to, like, you got to catch up to the new standards of living out there if you want to live healthy. You know, it, it was like that in the beginning, but we drifted so far away from the instructions from the beginning. That's why we have to be reconciled back to God in our thinking and our choices and our habits and the things that we do. You know, remember now, it was because. Adam then violated the very thing that God told him to do, which had to do with what they were going to eat. And that's something how this 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 thing tracks tra- tra- all the way back to their selection, their choice of what they were going to eat. You know, and it's a principle. And so it's it's, it's to get away from specifics. It's a principle. What's the principle, Pastor? It's the principle of making the best choice based on the best instruction for mankind on this earth that came down from God. And all they had to do was just do what he said. And we would have we would have never ever known how to be unhealthy. We would only have been healthy, you know, because we wouldn't have had that knowledge. And sometimes when knowledge can be very good and knowledge can be very dangerous. But sometimes people lean towards their understanding of it. And they start reading into it, and then they start contextualizing it. They start interpreting it, and they start using the figurative mindset, the thoughts, you know, the practical things, when it's so much more higher than that because it's a spiritual law. And you have to conceptualize it spiritually, discern it spiritually, you know, and understand the context in which it was given and the context in which it was given is the context in which it needs to apply. Amen. We don't all we don't always get that part right. We miss it sometimes. And we end up sick. We end up with this going wrong, that going wrong, and this. And then we, 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 we start now taking on the things of the world to fix it. You know, what they say. And we forget about this volume in the book that God has already spoken before to us, amen, through what was already written. And so, as new creatures, okay, we have to think like new creatures. We have to live and act like new creatures. Have we made all things new yet? I have a question that uh, came to me yesterday when I was polishing up and finishing up, tweaking my notes. You know, it's like a conversation as I'm sitting here going over and reading through my message to become more familiar with my thoughts of what I want to say this morning. And it's like I'm in a conversation with the Holy Spirit, and he's feeding me even now as I'm then as I was reading, like I hear him feeding me now, you know, and it says, have we made all things new yet? And 
right? That we are a new creation in Christ, but have we not made the things that we can naturally do? We say we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So have we made the natural things that we can do? Have we made any of them do yet? Or did we bring over, did we pack up our, our, our chest and we brought over with us all of the old thoughts, all of the old ideas, all of the old ways, all of the old eating habits, you know, that we're familiar with, the old recipes, things that made great grandmom and them sick. You know, they were now they were healthy for the most part. But sometimes they were sick too. And, you know, a lot of them didn't have access to doctors. So they used their kind of their you know, what they thought they could use to heal themselves. And a lot of what I learned from the bike from my grandparents was, you know, they used certain food items and certain things that they grew and raised to, to try to heal us. And it, it made us well, you know, it made us well. Some things that we took when winter came around to keep us free from colds and viruses, those old things worked. But a lot of it had to do with what they grew in the wild. Sometimes it, I remember my my uh, mama said that my mama and them took some plum bark uh, for asthma, some plum bark for some tea, made tea out of it. I remember she used to send me across the street to Miss Nell, who had these big plum trees that grew these great big plums. I'd scrape the bark off and bring it home, and my mom would boil it and make, you know, these jars of tea and put it in the refrigerator for Robert because he suffered from asthma. And boy, when he drank that tea, man, bam, it would knock that asthma right out. I remember some nights, man, he lay there in the bed and weed and all night long with asthma. Boy, the minute he go in there, man, it's warm and drank a jar that bitter tea. It knocked it out just like that. And so, you know, but we have to learn as new creatures, man, in Christ Jesus, how we can make the things that are that we can naturally do uh, by new things that we do. Why not? You know, he did it when he saved us. You know, he didn't have saved us. The scripture says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 14, the King James Bible, that when God heals us, we're healed. When God saves us, we're saved. He is, therefore, our praise, or he should be our praise. He should be the chief physician that we honor for giving us such such wisdom and knowledge of how to maintain these temples that we just sometimes incorporate some of these things, amen, and take heed to some of these warnings. Uh, I do believe that, you know, healthy living could be our end state. I believe that that could be a goal in life. At least I'll, I'll speak for me in that regard because I've made some significant adjustments Thank God to the help of my 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 my, uh, my primary physician, who I never thought I would hear anything but another prescription of medicine coming out of their mouth. And I don't knock medicine; it's just I don't want to spend the rest of my life on medication, just to be pretty expensive sometimes. And then it brings a lot of side effects, you know. And I don't want to be walking around drugged up on medicine. But if there is a better way and a more natural way, uh, I'm more interested in that way. Amen. And so he, thank God, he. When he did put me on a plant, athletic plant, plant-based life, and here it is years later, I'm really beginning to see the benefit of him putting me on that diet. And he showed me beautiful pictures on the computer where the uh, medical scientific world out there is going back, leaning back towards a more natural approach because out of his 300 patients, he was telling me about how many of them were badly, grossly overweight, how many of them, man, were suffering with diabetes. I'm talking about type 1 diabetes. How many of them had died from one year, one appointment to the next. And one of the things he said he struggled with, he didn't struggle with writing them no prescription because most of them came in and asked for a prescription for this or for that. He said, and when he would share simple little things with him, now, even though he was overweight, and even though, you know, he was, he was, you know, he was kind of struggling, you know, with his issues, but what he was advising them to do, amen, made so much sense to me because I had family members that go out that way. And so I'm listening to him, even though I think he's a, a practical joker sometimes, you know, got his issues. But this was about my health. This was about my future. This was about my longevity. And so when he started saying things to me that tapped into my interest, and especially when he said athletic, plant-based diet, I was interested. I was interested. And so when he showed me some some study that had been done, and I'm sitting on the computer, and he's showing it to me, and he's going over and covering the benefit, I couldn't question the man's knowledge because obviously he had did his homework. Now, he may not have been doing any of that for his own personal benefit, 
but I wasn't there to talk about his health. I was there to find out how I could deal with this type 2 diabetes, this high glucose, and all of this, and how to keep my, my diabetes under control and how to better manage it so I could have a, a, a future and a hope. And I took the heed, the advice. I went to the website that he sent me to. I looked up, you know, diet plans. I looked up, you know, what foods are good for this and what foods are good for that. And I began to assess my own personal self. And I said, you know what, man, this is going to be difficult because I like eat this and I like eating that. And then it was like the Lord instantly spoke to me, man, and said, yeah, but how long do you want to do it for? How long do you want to live? How long, how short a time do you want to live? And so it's almost like I, I, I in, in my own self-examination of my own health and my own habits and my own disciplines, man, it was really time for me to step up and do what I had been procrastinating, saying I was going to do, but not just do it sometimes, but adapt it as a way of life, a lifestyle. And it began to... It, 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 I'm tell you something. It's not a one-day thing. It's a lifestyle that you have to create and develop, you know. And it really, really, man, takes some serious discipline. It is not easy because we've developed so many of these habits over the years and adopted so many of these old recipes and things that came from our ancestors, amen. And sometimes we don't know what moderation is. We just see things today and it's so freely available to us. We got this store here, that store there. We can just go shop. We can get whatever. We can fix whatever, man. And we just got, we just eat, 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 eat sometimes too much of the wrong thing. Oh, yeah, sometimes too much of the good thing is too much for you. You have to do it in moderation. And so, but as new creatures, you know, we're going to have to adjust some things and make some things new and do some things new. And that's what I had to do, amen, was a huge adjustment. But I'm glad I made it because at 66, I feel real, real good about where I am. But I feel better about where I'm headed, amen, because now I've laid out and carved out a path forward. And that's not to knock nobody else. you got to find your path. Maybe you need to sit down and have a talk with your doctor about a healthier path to get you to longevity, to get you to a healthier lifestyle so you can live healthy. I mean, it's out there. It's possible. I feel like it's in my future, you know, and that's what I'm working toward. But I got to forget some things that are behind me, and I got to preach. I got to reach and strive for the things that are before me, which is longevity, which is healthier life, which is a, a pill-free life, which is a medicine-free life. That's what I'm striving for, amen. And I can't do it without going back to the Word of God, seeing where I missed it at, where did I get off track at, and then seeing, can I implement this, can I implement that, can I do this, or can I do that? There are some things that I've read in this Word, man, that are yet still to make sense to me. But you know what? I don't believe God put it in there to not make sense to me, but I believe he put it in there for me to study it so I can understand the context that was it was given in and see if I can apply the principles today of what was foretold then and see how it benefited that generation do I think it can benefit my generation, especially my walk with God in health and the health of health department. Amen. Because I definitely want to live healthy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Praise the Lord. And so, but some things are going to have to change. You know, God wants all things to be made new. And he said, if I save you, amen, then at least you can live saved and honor the one with your body who saved you. Because I'm not going to come and dwell in no unclean temple anyway. And so uh, the scripture says uh, here, it says, wherefore, henceforth, know we not, no man after the flesh. Okay? He says, Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more after the flesh. So we knew creatures now, so I got to move away from the appetites and move away from the things, man, that separated me from God. Uh, and again, like I said, none of this is going to send you to hell, okay? But it's going to make your life sometimes feel like you're in hell, you know, and I, I know from experience. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, okay, not just in the world, but in Christ, not just in the high ticket item on the menu restaurant with, say, they got all the healthy food, they got the beautiful salad bar, they got this, but they got all that other stuff, too, that I'm used to that, that made me sick then and it makes me sick now. But he says, uh, you know, the price is right sometimes to be unhealthy, you know, and that's what some, I hate to say it, our church folks do. 
and they forget about that. They lose sight of that because their eyes swell up and their appetite kicks in and it's seeing all of this that I can get for eleven ninety nine and I'm sure gonna eat my money's worth. It's kind of the mindset and no longer. Man, I just went to the doctor the other day and he told me I need to drop fifty pounds. You know, and there's there's nine thousand calories I don't need. It goes outside of my two thousand five hundred calorie a day limit. You know, and so we, we sit there and we debate these things, man. We're thinking about eleven ninety nine. I can get all of that, maybe get me a takeout for my lunch this week and we get all the wrong stuff. Or, oh, oh, I said we don't make the best choice. And none of that is going to defile you. Okay? It's not gonna make you unclean before God. But what it's gonna do is make you sick before God if you open those, you know. You know, sometimes it turns into gluttony. Sometimes it does turn into all you can eat. And sometimes it turns into everything you can eat, you know. And we go overboard sometimes. But notice what he said, that being Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, remember, all this started with a choice in the garden, things that you could eat and things that you shouldn't eat. And so he's reconciling us back to that instruction, you know. Why? Because it was the first man, Adam, that sinned and got us in trouble, violating laws from that point forward. But it was the second man, Adam, Jesus Christ, that came in. And even though he said it's not what goes in a man that defiles him, but what goes in comes out in the drought. But he did not say in that verse of Scripture, in those passages of Scripture, that it wouldn't make you sick. You know, a lot of people die from sickness versus a curse. You know, some people sometimes accuse sickness because of things they put in their body. They call it a curse. They call it a generation curse. It's because ignorantly they worship God. Ignorantly they serve God. Ignorantly they do they make choices to put in their body without any any consultation, examination. They just think it's okay because it looks good, it smells good, it's got a sweet taste to it. It must be good. And how with many you know, everything that good does not go. Everything that looks good is not good for you. And so we have to exercise some more restraint and some more discipline about our choices because let me tell you something. Man, we have so much access to, to, to diet out there now and food out there now. It is no excuse. It is out there. you got farmer's markets everywhere. You can ride out sometimes, man, to some of these little rural towns, man, and find some of the best grown, fresh grown vegetables, green, leafy vegetables. I mean, sweet potato. You, I mean, it's just so accessible to us now, you know. And so it's on, it's on us, you know, as new creatures to make new choices about certain things that we're going to put in our body. And we are ambassadors of Christ. That's one thing we have to remember. I was thinking about this so hard and so deeply yesterday as I was finishing up and going back over my lessons. And that word ambassador for Christ, man, jumped out at me. And I started thinking about when Paul wrote this, what was Paul's profile of an ambassador? And I started looking at some of these characters that travel with Paul. Luke was a physician, so Luke kind of erred on the side of, well, you know, he documented the book of Acts, documented some of the things he saw Paul do. And I thought about when Paul was was, was suffering with a with a, with a with a ailment in his body, and he cried out to the Lord to heal him three times. Over in the book of Second Corinthians, I want to say chapter 12, verse 8 and 9, if I'm not mistaken, King James Bible. And he said he cried out to the Lord three times to heal him, and the Lord the third time told Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul said, well, okay, since I'm in ministry, since I done left serving Caesar, since I done left persecuted saints, man, I can just see Paul struggling with that thorn in his flesh, praying to the Lord for healing because he wanted to travel. He wanted to go places, spread the gospel and go into synagogues and set things right and teach people the things that he had the mistakes he had made and how he was delivered from those mistakes, how he went from being an old creature to becoming a new creature and how he was now trying to do all things new and different. And in the midst of that, Paul said, well, okay, Lord, I'd rather glory in my affliction that your grace may be seen upon me because your grace is sufficient for me, according to the Lord. And so Paul was learning now how to incorporate the word of God in what he was doing. So he said, my God, you know, this, this is this is a 
ability that God will give me supernaturally to keep spreading the gospel. In other words, what am I saying? Paul still had to carry those consequences with him for things that he had did when he was serving Caesar, you know, living by Caesar's wisdom and Caesar's, Caesar's instruction. And there's a lot of people today, man, saved in the church, but they're still living by grandmama's recipes. They're still living. And I'm not knocking those recipes, but you just have to kind of take a look today at what they did then and see how it applies to us now, which is what I've been doing. Looking back at the scriptures and seeing how did we get so far uh, away from healthy living, so that we're struggling now to live healthy, and and there is a connection, you know, because we 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 we, we, we you know we 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 didn't pay attention to take heed to a lot of the warnings that were there before us all the time, and so we are ambassadors for Christ Jesus now. How well do we represent Him is the question in all things, mind you. Now some things, you know, we love to praise, we love to worship, we love to teach the word, preach the word, we love to tell people what they better do, you know, you better stop doing this while we're not doing anything to stop doing some of the things that we need to stop doing. You know, we become those kinds of people that we're so good at looking at everybody else out there, man, and seeing their shortcomings and pointing them out to us while we're struggling in our own life in certain areas. And we don't want to be exposed in those areas. But, my God, when you show up, man, you're like, wow, man, you put on a lot of weight. Wow, man, you look like you, are you okay? You're hurting? Shortness of breath sometimes. You ain't seen you in a while. You show up, you got oxygen tank. I was blown away yesterday that a couple of, one of my classmates I found out died, you know. And I remember when him and I had a conversation when I first got out of the military, and he said how bad, you know, his smoking was, his drinking was, and how bad he wanted to stop. And how the doctor had told him that he needed to stop it. He smoked another cigarette. That might be the last time. Well, he had a heart attack this week. He's no longer here. You know, my age, my, my, my classmate. But I remember that conversation when I came out the military. And he looked at me and he said, man, you just look so good, man. And, that uniform. and I was like, amen, brother. You know, hey, to God be the glory. But I was saved. I was doing new things. And, you know, then, you know, striving to wear my uniform. Still had some stuff that was that was making me sick, you know. But I was I was I was trying to maintain that you know that certain weight level, that certain healthy appearance, you know, that certain look, that discipline, refined look, physical look. But inside my body, some things I had put in that had made me sick, and I was trying to recover and overcome those things. And I'm looking at him, and he's saying what the doctor told him not to do, and I'm starting to think about what the doctor had told me not to do in 2003. Don't drink no more Mountain Dew soda. So I was gulping them bad boys. Hadn't had one since then. So see, I could do that. I could stop doing it. I could make better choices. I didn't stop drinking sodas back in 2003 because I went from that soda to diet soda. But that's what the that's what the dietary clinic told me that I, if I wanted a soda, drink a diet soda. Learn years later that that wasn't working, so I had to make another adjustment. But my friend is dead now. I got the news yesterday. He's gone. And another guy I grew up with, I thought he was already deceased. He also died this week. But they buried him, I think, yesterday. And these are people, man, that, you know, I'm not saying what, I don't know what killed them. I don't know what they died from. But I do know the one guy told me, man, a long time ago that the doctor told him to stop smoking cigarettes. Now he's no longer here. He had problems then. And I was told he died from a heart attack. You know, one of the things that kill most heavy smokers is a heart attack and sometimes cancer. You know, and, and I'm not no doctor, but I'm just saying, you know, there is connection there. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you and Christ is dead. Be ye reconciled to God, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's in the book of Sacramento, chapter 5, verse 16 to 21, the King James Bible. But don't mean nothing that we're not going to strive naturally to make new things that, that have plagued us from the old man or the old woman. See, this is about a natural person getting saved and trying to become a spiritual being, okay? And we can't do it without the instruct the spiritual instruction being applied to our walk spiritually. And 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 what I'm saying here is what Paul is saying is 
hey, as a new creation in Christ Jesus, you've been reconciled, you've been brought back to God now. Pick back up on those principles. Learn them. They are written for your benefit. You know, he gave them to you, man, so that you could make better choices. You would know what choices you can make. So eat the food from God except that which is prohibited. That's an easy fix. Eat the food from God, okay, from God, except that which is prohibited. I mean, that just so sounds so simple. It, it sounds so simple, but it's sometimes the hardest thing to do because, boy, once you develop a habit and an appetite, it is not as easy to get away from it. Let's be real, y'all. I mean, I've been there. I'm there now. There's sometimes I grab, I said, man, I could have just ate one piece of that chocolate, but it was so good. I love chocolate. Chocolate, darker, darker it is, has a health benefit. But you don't have to eat the whole, whole Hershey bar in one gulp. I just break off a corner sometimes. Next thing you know, man, we drive, and I look over there, and it's still there. I get another little piece. Next thing every time I get, I got to throw the wrapper away. I need the whole thing. You know, I don't need to complain about it. Just next time, try to have some more discipline about it, you know. Uh, clean versus unclean is the key right there. Clean versus unclean is the key right there. There are some clean things we can put in our body and not have to worry about anything we do it in moderation. There are some unclean things we can put in our bodies right away. It's going to start to affect your health. And I think we know these things. It's just sometimes it's just hard to just do the right thing because most of the time we're not thinking about it until we start to feel a certain way. Now we get really, really concerned. Now we got to make an appointment. I got to go to the doctor, you know. And I start doing my research. I start looking up everything. What, what is the back? What is the symptom of this? What, what, where is coming from? You know, how does this face? You know. We want to know then. We should do all that stuff up front, you know. Kind of habit I'm trying to develop now. The research, I look at our food on the counter here sometimes, and I'll be like, hmm, I wonder what health benefit that has. Whom I look it up. Hmm, some of these labels on some of these, these antibiotics and things, man, very informative. They've done a wonderful job to instruct you on how this affects you, vitamin C, iron, you know, probiotics, all these things, man. You know, you can read. You have so much knowledge now. So nobody should perish for a lack of knowledge. But it's what we do with that knowledge as new creatures, as ambassadors, representing God in our bodies, in our life, you know, in our in our minds, in our thoughts, in our words, you know, everything we do that pertains to life and godliness. What kind of ambassadors are we being? Have we made any changes since I got saved? Am I doing more of the stuff that caused me harm then than I am now than I than I did then? And, and I'm not questioning nobody's level of commitment. I'm just giving you some food for thought and seeing if there's anything in there as a new creation in Christ Jesus that I can tweak and make better. And if it is, this is not about you defending what you do. This is about helping you to do better what you should do or what we should, we should do and can do and can't afford not to do. So take it with a grain of salt. Please don't come on and try to defend yourself because I'm not trying to offend anybody or condemn anybody. I'm basically saying what my walk toward better living has been, healthier living has been, and hope that, you know, it will help you because, look, God gave me the instructions to create the school of healing. So I'm trying to do it the best I can and give the best, pure, adulterated, infallible word of God information that I can to assist in that process. So no one will ignorantly worship God in that area. You know, health is a ministry. You know, health is a ministry. You know, how well of an ambassador you are, representative of Christ, is a ministry. When you look around what's flooding the pulpits today, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I know nobody wants to admit that. And I'm not knocking nobody because all those people that we see that are extremely overweight and sick and hurting in the pews, leaving here on sick lists, Lack one thing. It's the knowledge that God has made available to us through the school of healing. Teach this. They don't, some, some, some churches I'm seeing now, I don't know, they must be reading what we're posting out there on school of healing. Because some churches, I looked yesterday, there's about 10 churches that's all doing the exact same thing we're doing now. Almost verbatim. Some of the same scriptures. And I said, to God be the glory. They're catching on. Some of them have implemented programs in the church, weight program, weight training, exercise programs, got podcasts out there now where they got church members, they got master fitness training, working with the congregation. To God be the glory. That's the future of a healthier church, you know, which will be a better ambassador in Christ. So let's move on here as we, as we move to close here. Uh, in the book of Leviticus, 
chapter 11, verses 1 through 12. Let me just kind of go over that. And again, now my, 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 my subject area here is dealing with clean versus unclean. You know, now notice what I said. I didn't say something that defiled, I said clean and unclean. This is, this is how the law was given to Moses to address God's people. Okay, the Jews. The Jews had been in Pharaoh's camp, y'all. And they was not eating what Pharaoh ate. No. They ate what they grew. Remember, they were the farmers. They were the ones who harvested the crops of Pharaoh. They put it in his barns and served it and prepared it and put it on his table. And they were given what was left over. Okay? But they did not have the best of the food items and the access to it. They, they were given what Pharaoh and his men because if you think about it, you picture how healthy they look compared to the slaves, the Jewish slaves, how unhealthy they look. But see, God was sustaining them. God was providing for them. God was keeping them. But God had a plan for them. He was going to bring them out under that strong uh, 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 hand of, 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 of denial. And so look at what Moses, what the Lord gave Moses in the book of Leviticus, and I'm going to teach that whole chapter uh, before we finish all this up. Our summary of this the healing message is going to be Leviticus 11. You know, we're going to cover these laws in detail. And so it says, and, and the reason I say that is because the law was given for a reason. It would be like a taskmaster, schoolmaster to teach something. And they violated it even when it was given by God. And they expected it from God when he gave it. It was more than what they thought it was. You know, and so they violated it. Now, notice, Jesus did not come and do away with the law. He fulfilled the law. Okay, and that's key right there. So the law still carries some weight today because Jesus did not do away with it. Obviously, he kept it around for a purpose, you know, because there were things written in the law that was concealed for those who did not seek God by the law. Didn't want to be directed, instructed by the law. Didn't want to conform to the law. So the Lord had to come now and be that ambassador, Okay be that ambassador to show them how to do it, you know, and then remove the concern for them having to do it and said, I'm going to stand my grace just like I did to Paul, so my grace will be sufficient. But there's still going to be things that you do to your body. It won't defile it, but it'll make it sick. You better believe that. And so let's see what he says here about clean versus unclean. It says in the book of Leviticus, chapter verse 1, it says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, now that's what it said, the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron. This wasn't a physician, this wasn't a urologist, this wasn't, this was a chief physician who knows everything about our bodies, inside and out, thoughts apart. And he says, and the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, the priest, Moses' brother, saying unto them, speak unto the children of Israel, speak unto the children of Israel, Speak unto the children of Israel. Pastor Lester, speak unto my children what I told you. You were my ambassador. Speak unto the children of things that you have been first to take of, Pastor, children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever parteth the hoof and is cloven-footed and cheweth the cud among the beasts that ye shall eat, Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat of them that shoot the cud, or of them that divide the hoof as the camel. So you can't eat camel because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof. He is unclean unto you. And the coney, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof. He is unclean unto you. And the hare, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean to you. And the swine, though he divide the hoof, he be cloven footed, yet he cheweth not the cud. He is unclean to you. So it wasn't just one animal. It was a whole list of animals. And so we can't just pick out certain ones, you know, and, and say, because I'm used to this, you know, and use certain scriptures sometimes. Now, notice, none of these things are going to cause you to die and go to hell. These are not sins that send people to hell. These are things here, man, against sins against your health that send you to the hospital, to the doctor, and sometimes to the grave, you know. So you just have to be careful. 
you know, and he goes on to say here, uh, uh, chew it to cut, you know, and chew it not. Of their flesh shall ye not eat, and their carcasses shall ye not touch. They are unclean to you. These shall ye eat of all that are in the waters, whatsoever hath been the scales in the waters and in the seas and in the river. Them shall ye eat, and all that have not fins and scales in the seas and in the rivers of all that move in the waters and of any living thing which is in the waters, they shall be uh, an abomination unto you. They shall be even an abomination unto you. Ye shall not eat of their flesh, but ye shall have their carcasses in abomination. Whatsoever hath no fins, no scales in the waters, that shall be an abominable nation unto you. That's in the book of Leviticus, chapter 11, verses 1 through 12, and we clean the Bible. And we're going to get to go over all these in detail, and I'll define to you what the what the parry is and the cone is and all of that when we summarize all of this teaching uh, somewhere down the road there. But I, 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 I say the, I read this particular passage of Scripture because in the book of Genesis, I think it's the seventh chapter and the ninth chapter. What was amazing to me is when I went and looked at Noah and what God told him to put on the ark as he getting ready to take them to a new place for a new start. And we know the people that he selected to be on there. We also know the types of animals the Lord told him to put on there. But what I found interesting was he told him to put just as many clean animals on there as he did unclean animals. And I was like, wow, man, that's that's powerful. Why would he tell him to put the unclean animals on there with the clean animals? Because everything that God makes has a purpose. You gotta have scavengers, you know, on the earth for for, for some purposes too. And and there's volumes that I've been reading about what was the purpose of those unclean scavengers, you know. And and I'll teach you on that another time. But it was amazing how God told him what two of each and to put on there, you know, just just to really balance it out. Because everything God made has a purpose. It's just that everything, every beast God made was not for our consumption. But it had a purpose. And we went over this before. And we'll get into more detail on this. But I thought it was amazing, the wisdom of God, man, to say, look, when you get to this new land you're going to, there's going to be some things on the earth that still need to be, you know, the scavengers need to take care of. Because there are going to be things that's going to die, the scavengers eating you know, and, and clean up, you know, and, and there's things in the sea, algae and all that. Yeah, you know, so I need you to take two of every 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 good and clean and every one that's not so clean. Mm-hmm. They have a purpose. I create them for a purpose, you know. And so I, I, I just wanted to add that because I think it's important. Now, let's go back and take a look at the beginning. See, God addressed all this beforehand. And here's what he said. He says, and God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, all the earth, and every tree, and which, indeed, which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. You know, sometimes you can eat this in place of certain meat, certain delicacy, you know, food. That's what that word means. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, he didn't say it was good for all that it was good for food. He saw that it was good. He saw that when he told Noah, put clean and unclean on there, it's good because you're not going to be able to continue your life of health and living and living healthy once you get to that next place because you're going to have scavengers to take care of all of that. and But you're going to have enough food and, and tree-bearing and seed-bearing and herb-bearing to also sustain your health, your lifestyle. Isn't that amazing how God balances things out? But sometimes we're trying to make a decision about life and choices, you know, Without the best information, without the best guideline, without the best data, without the best research, without even knowing any of the warnings or what is it really contextually that God is trying to teach us, you know. 
And so it's right there in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 29 through 31, the King James Bible. And so we see in the ninth chapter now, verse, verse 3, King James Bible, this is Genesis, every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. Now, I love this verse of Scripture because what it's teaching us is this. I have to take what God first said to be able to make better choices to what he continues to say. See, he don't put the cart before the horse. He tells you what the better choices are, and then he comes back and tells you it's still your choice, just like Adam and Eve in the garden. It's not going to send you to hell. It's just going to make you sick, you know, because it's not what you put in you that's going to defy you, man. Okay? But it's what comes out of you. In other words, when I stuff myself with all of this stuff, man, and now you got, you know, sickness coming out of me, you got cancer growing out of me, you got all kinds of other things, tumors going out and showing up, you know, that, that's what, that's what, you know, the damage is right there, you know. And so he put that in there, man, to try to teach us that, hey, if, if you can make better choices about something I made, this will you make it. You know, you know what's good. Some people are allergic to certain things. Some people can't eat certain things, but they eat it anyway because it looks good, tastes good, pay the price later. Why is pork bad for you? Eat, and, and again, I'm just picking this out because this is always the big discussion about that pig, man. You know, he mentioned more in the Bible than anything else about what's bad for you. So I figured I'll address it. It says, why is pork bad for you? And this is not, this is not me saying this. I do research, and I try to give you information and let you make the decision. I don't try to tell you what to do. I'm just not what this is about. It's about passing on knowledge to you that I've learned, okay, and some things that I've just learned, I live what I preach and what I teach, and, or I try very hard to. Uh, I not even any pork since 1976, you know. Grew up on it, though. Ate it all the time, everything throughout the military. But it came a point in 1976 where it was causing me some problems, some chest pains and headaches. And once I stop, I haven't looked back. Uh, but I'm not knocking nobody. This is not a message to condemn nobody. But it's to be able to arm you with certain amounts of information, just like God does us, to see what kind of choices we make going forward. If there are better choices to be made at the conclusion of this, then I would only encourage you and say, hey, you know, you're in life based on choices you make. Your health is what it is based on choices you make still. And it says eating uncooked or raw pork can result in parasitic infection, uh, tenea, solium, or pork tapeworms, and an intestinal parasite is an infestible parasite. Most of the time, it's harmless, but it can occasionally cause a disease called cystrocrosis, which leads to epilepsy. Now, let me just share an experience when I was a kid growing up. We ate everything from the root to the tooth. But I thank God for my parents because every year they would give us this castle. Now, let me just share with you some things I remember that came out of us. I remember the tapeworms passing from us when we went to the bathroom. But that's why they gave us the castor to get it all out. I mean, boy, it cleaned out everything. And I remember my mom was showing us those worms, you know. But they knew what to do to get rid of them. I mean, they flushed us out every year, man. They gave us that cast oil, man, and I'd never seen a tapeworm before in my life until then. But that was how we that was how we was raised. We ate everything from the root tooth. Now let me just say this right here. The pork industry have done so much upgrade in how they raise pork today. So you're not getting the same level of pork today that you got back then. It's a lot cleaner now. Some farmers were raised it differently. You know, a lot of them now do put all the modified you know, drugs into the pig to make them bigger and healthier, you know. So there may be some other things besides take one these days. You got the chemicals, you got all, you know, you just have to make a decision. You know, it's, it's your choice. But without sometimes information, you can't make a, a better, well-informed decision. So I'm not putting this out here to knock it because, you know, what the doctors say about pork, that's good for you. Now listen to what they say, and I'm going to close after this. It says, what the doctors say now. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just putting the information out there. The Bible says something. The doctor says something. And also Jesus says something because he got asked. 
what doctors say about pork that's good for you. Potential health benefits of pork, according to one of the sites that I go to, which my doctor referred me to, is WebMD. They usually have a lot of studies that appear reviewed. Pork is rich source in certain vitamins and minerals your body needs to function, like iron and zinc. It also is an excellent source of high-quality protein, minimally processed, lean, fully cooked pork, fully cooked, eaten in moderation, eaten in moderation, can provide certain benefits when added to your diet. Research has found a number of potential health benefits associated with eating pork. Muscle, muscle maintenance. The high-quality protein in pork can complete uh, are complete amino acids and therefore perfect building blocks for creating new muscle. As we age, we lose muscle mass, which can lead to conditions like uh, scarcopenia, extreme muscle degeneration. Eating high-quality protein that like that found in pork as a part of a healthy lifestyle that includes exercise can help slow or reverse scarcopenia. Uh, and it can also help maintain the healthy muscle tissue you already have. Increased muscle performance. Pork contains the amino acids beta-alanine, which helps your body form a compound called carinoacin. Carinoacin is important for muscle function. Studies have shown that high doses of beta-alanine supplements taken for two to ten two to four to ten weeks lead to forty to eighty percent increase in carinocine level uh, in per, uh, participant muscles. High levels of, of this uh, carinocine has also been linked to lower fatigue and higher muscle performance in humans. And so in the book of Job chapter thirty six verse thirty one the King James Bible it says for by them judges he the people he giveth meat in abundance. And so God is giving you everything out there in abundance. But notice what Job says here. Now, this is talking about food. Job says that, but he also judges you in them. You know? And so God judges you how you take this knowledge, take this wisdom, and how you apply it to your life. And there's a, there's a word that we like to use sometimes. It's called moderation. Now, if you notice what the doctors say here about about pork and about eating pork, notice now that's what the doctors say. Before I told you what the doctors said who came after what the Lord told Moses, after what the Lord said in Genesis, you know. You know, so, you know, giving you what was said early on, even when he told Noah what to put in the ark, you know, even what he told Moses to tell the people in the Leviticus, all these were things that were established, what he told Adam and Eve, it all comes down to choices. And notice what Job is saying. Job is saying, this is he's going to judge you in these things. So how you take this knowledge, how it informs you, how you apply it, it comes down to one thing. It's your choice. It's your choice. It's not going to defile you. As you can see what the doctors have said through their research, their data, their peer review data, it has some health benefits. But it also has been proven to make people sick, you know. But again, this is information to inform you so that when you get ready to make that choice, you're not going to do it ignorantly. You got several levels of information, biblical instruction. It's just, are you going to make a better choice, you know, than what we've always made? And that's what it comes down to. Without information, uh, like a lot of my people perish. And according to one of the leading biblical experts by the name of, in the, uh, uh, in the Bible, by the name of Bible Gateway, Bible Gateway determined according to Leviticus chapter 11, King James Bible, this is one of the ones I, I reference a lot of times. You may eat any animal that has a split hoof completely divided and that chews the cud. And the pig, though it has a split hoof completely divided, does not choose because it is unclean for you. You must not eat their meat or touch their corpses. They are unclean to you. Why did God create the pig? And I 
I'm closing after this, I promise. I got so much more information. There was a, a writer back in the day, dates uh, a long way back. Uh, his name is L. He is, and he's an Arab prose writer on political, religious, polemic theology, duality, and he is credited with literature. Thank you.